1: Hi, Courtney. Hi Hi Courtney. Hi Courtney.
0: <laughs> we, we've we've changed location this morning. That's
1: right. We are on location.
0: Very special episode. A very special <laughs> recovery Courtney's episode Courtney's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, what's the uh, Megan Mullally show in the oh, bed yes. with...
2: with Nick? Yeah. With Megan and Nick, Nick, Nick in their him. bed podcast. Oh my gosh. They have a podcast from their bed. Yes,
0: where they just uh, interview people oh. and who come and get in bed with them. That's I thought y'all great. would get in the bed with me, doing. but no. <laughs> I only have a queen, so. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit tight, just a tad tight.
2: Yeah. We're here because it's post surgery for me.
0: My back. I finally did it. Mm. I did the surgery. So I'm on bed rest. Bed rest. But she also made drinks for us, anyways. Yeah, I I know. I mean, solid. Awesome.
2: So, I decided to make something hot. I thought about a coffee because of all the horrible hospital coffee that we've had. Oh my gosh,
0: it's so bad. <laughs> Bless Marlea um, for helping me bad. through this.
2: There was a Starbucks at least in yes. the hospital. yeah, I'm, but this is for everyone who's had to deal with surgery and hospitals and really bad coffee in waiting rooms. <laughs> so this is good coffee and it's recovery coffee is what I've named it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And oh, it yes. is. Coffee and Kahlua and heavy cream and vodka and topped with whipped cream. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> and it is delicious. Now I wouldn't
2: drink that because really I am on painkillers. So if you are if you're on painkillers post surgery, yeah, you may just <laughs> just wait a little do bit. A little virgin on that. Add some uh, chocolate or caramel. That would also
0: be good. Which that would be, would good? be yes. Mine is very good. Very. Not as big as it was when I started. Yeah, it's really I have a feeling we're going to have to
1: like pause and be like refills. (laughs) Mid-show, like before mid-show, mid-story pause. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was thinking like, I've always said like my top five, this is my top five drink situations, (laughs) right? Yes. And this is definitely top five for me, but last week's drink, the Greyhound. Yeah, the the Amalfi, the the Italian Greyhound. Yes, that I... I mean, I, that's probably the most intoxicated I've been on a show oh. ever. And I was like, I just, it was so good. I know. And I went upstairs after the podcast and I was talking to my husband and his friend and I was just like, blah, 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 Like, you know, and I'm not that usually that way, except like on podcast, Um and so, you know, I, and I was just feeling so good and we like had a really great day and I never had any kind of like downtime, like yeah. any headache or anything from it. And so it's probably my after the Bramble, it's my second favorite.
0: You know, I feel like we originally might have gotten more intoxicated on the Purple Haze originally, but I know oh. that's because I was intoxicated on the purple, like back in our champagne days. <laughs> oh, really, it champagne, was all champagne, champagne, champagne all the time, champagne. Yeah. all champagne <laughs> all the time. Yeah, we, we,
1: we were pretty giggly <laughs> because it made us giggle. Champagne oh, yeah. makes us giggle yes, for whatever We do reason. know that. Yes.
0: We,
2: the the Italian Greyhound. It was it was prosecco,
0: wasn't it? It was no, it was a. Uh, Fresh squeezed grapefruit juice. Yes, mm-hmm. so
2: there wasn't a lot of sugar in that. And juice. I love
1: grapefruit juice. It was <laughs> so very healthy for that's us. That's
2: probably why you didn't have any hangover effects too. Because no I, sugar. That's, by, that's what I think. Was it vodka yeah. and grapefruit? Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: and whatever. It was like <laughs> she's mm-hmm. like I don't care what mm-hmm. was <laughs> it and was the
2: rosemary sock. was. Nice.
1: Oh, and the rosemary was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rosemary's I'm gonna have to fix fan. that again.
2: I'm a fan of and Amalfi was very happy with the drink. The a little Italian greyhound, I named it after. She mm-hmm. wore a pink. She wore pink pajamas for, for oh. it <laughs> we should post your picture it was delicious oh, we
0: should,
1: but this is like you cannot beat kalua and just mm-hmm. chocolate and Whip coffee cream. and all the things and whipped cream and heavy cream and
0: you can tell my brain is not in the right place because i went to abc to get the kalua and i was like looking everywhere like where the fuck is it? I'm seeing all these other coffee liquors and everything, and then I just glance up and it's like at eye level mm-hmm. right in front of me, all over the place. It's top right. shelf. It is yes, top shelf. it was top shelf. Even when the top shelf is like you know eye three level. and a half feet off the floor. <laughs> oh,
1: so I know. know that's
0: how tall I am.
1: And of course I forgot the vodka, like, <laughs> and I was just a hot mess because they were like planning, it's like what to bring over, and I'm like I'm gonna bring this, and of course I forget that.
0: <laughs> you had to bring everything mm-hmm. basically. Now. But but you I had, had it already. All that you had to bring the pod basement here. I <laughs> did bring the pod basement here.
1: Um, so I had just like, I give myself, like, since I've turned 40, and actually, really, it's been since I've turned maybe like 44, um, I have decided to gift myself just a nice little happy for just. Being alive basically, Mm -hmm. and so I've decided to make an appointment once a month and get a pedicure.
2: Oh, that's so smart! And so,
1: like, I'll go get a pedicure, I've been getting a pedicure, and then I'll set up my next appointment to get like my next month's pedicure so that I'll know that I'll stick to it and whatnot. And it's just like because I discovered pedicures in my 40s way too late than Mm. you really should, and um. I absolutely is like one of those best treats. So I was texting Marlea and Courtney and I was like, I forgot the vodka. <laughs> and Marlea's like, I just left the liquor store. <laughs> so I like went bebopping up to the liquor store with my little paper flip flops on and my little pink <laughs> polished nails. I yeah, still have them on. And I still have them on. Nails look great. And that's right. And it's I am sparkly. like, I've really gotten into, I'm not a glitter, pr- I'm not a girly girl, um, but I've nice, really though. gotten mm-hmm, into like, The glitter nail polish. I know, it's so pretty. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, yes. So, today's just full of adventures and (laughs) loveliness, and I'm excited to be here. Me,
0: too. I'm so
2: thankful that y'all came. It's really touching. (laughs) I'm I'm bedridden, literally, at home for a week now, and uh, I've had a lot of visitors, and I'm thankful for all of them, and a lot of them are listeners who come in Helped Yay. me and made lots of soups for me. I have tons of frozen soups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I had soups. But for you all to come here. Dead. I'm about to cry actually. I'll get a little emotional. Oh, don't
0: cry.
1: Oh happy thoughts. Well happy, I'll talk over your crying. Happy though. cry. Happy cry. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of
0: crying. Oh God, yeah. So um oh, <laughs> we segue. Have, segue. We have, <laughs> speaking of crying. If you listen to our show regularly, you probably cried during last week's story. Um, so I talked about uh, Mary the Elephant in Irwin, Tennessee, Ooh. and we have gotten more. It's not negative feedback. No. Nobody's been like, why did you do that? Nobody's been like, you shouldn't have done that or you did this wrong. But more people reaching out and saying, I just couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't blame I just you. couldn't listen to it. Yeah. And, um, And I so I've thought about that a lot this week. And I've thought about it a lot this morning as I prepped too, because I and I came in and asked Courtney, like, because she had, you know, she was sitting with us when we recorded it. And Uh it was before you got here. And I was asking, like, it was this more graphic than the other stuff that we've talked about. And she said, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've talked about the babysitter killer and the Dover Christmas massacre where the guy shot up his entire family, including Ooh. little kids. We've Ooh. talked about right. Marie uh, LaLaurie. We've right. talked about Delphine LaLaurie and Judith Neely and Corpsewood Manor and all of these like kind of hideous things that that people have done. Right, And I was like, well, maybe I don't talk that graphically. But she's like, that's really it really wasn't too different from what we normally do on that account. But like we said... When we started Ooh. talking about it on the Ooh. show, people react differently
1: mm-hmm. to
0: animal cruelty. Well, because they're innocent. Because of their innocence. And, you know, we talked about it with don't fuck with cats. Like, mm-hmm. people Ooh. who, Ooh. you know, we're kind of desensitized to human murders and things. Suffering. Suffering. And, suffering, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, but you, you fuck with a cat and, like, the entire internet wants your, you dead, yeah. you know. And so this isn't because I had the same reaction to the story. And I think I said this right. when I started it, like I haven't told it yet, even though I've known it for a long time because it turns my stomach to tell that story. Right. Um, but it's, it was just really interesting to me. Like the feedback like, psychologically, mm-hmm. like how, how many, like what the difference was in the feedback for this story mm-hmm. than from, from some of the other ones. So, you know, kind of thinking about like my response too, but I did, I did think if any of the people who had to turn that off, are not currently vegetarians. I And I am not a preachy vegetarian. I am a vegetarian. Um, I am not an activist vegetarian by any account. No. I very rarely bring it up myself. Uh-huh. You've made me a
2: steak before.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, make, I make meat for my family who have not made the same decisions that I've made. But I will say that if you couldn't listen to this um, all the way through and you haven't at least sat down and honestly looked at your your personal choices as far as how your food is treated, you might want to just, you know, but that's, that's as far as my, my preaching is going to go on that. You know, (laughs) I should have said at the beginning, you can just fast forward me for 30 seconds. (laughs) I would also recommend if you couldn't listen to the whole thing, maybe go to where the end of that story is, if you can find it and, and backtrack just a little bit, because there were some really interesting points about race and lynching in the South Mm -hmm. Yeah, and our response to that as opposed to our response and by our, I mean like culturally and, you know, as opposed to our response to, to this story. So anyway, um, I do appreciate all of you who reached out because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love that you know you're willing to tell us what you think, and I want you to keep telling us what you think. And like I said, everybody was super cool, and we're just like, oh my gosh, that was so rough. I can't listen to it. Mm-hmm. I feel you because I right. didn't want to tell it. So anyway, right. that's that's what I had. to And say. the only way I think I could have
1: gotten through it was that fabulous drink I had. I, know. You know, I was like, and I was over there like I was in tears.
0: She, she was she was forced to sit there. I she never, couldn't <laughs> leave. She can't turn she it she off. There's it. all the plays oh. about it, and, and there is all never the plays. Yeah, it's what? interesting because the play that the I knew photo about it is so iconic. Yeah, and, and I, I asked Courtney if she had looked at the photo. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you don't have a strong stomach, don't look at the photo. Yeah, don't do it. But um, it is iconic, so mm-hmm. oh, it's horrible. It. Anyway, I'm done off my soapbox. All right,
1: <laughs> so I have a little bit of housekeeping to do as well, and it is because I can't fucking read. <laughs> Apparently. (laughs) And if you had any doubt, then listen to my Chupacabra story where I just pronounced it Chupacabre. I don't know what I was thinking. I get things stuck in my head, and that's just how I'm going to say it, I guess, now for the rest of my life. And I even got like, I was listening and I had, I was like, I know. I said it wrong but then Marlea said it wrong too and that's oh. usually like you know that's usually you, your tell that's usually my tell because usually if you don't like correct me which I always appreciate you will like very nicely say it correctly so that I can pick up and not be embarrassed <laughs> about mispronouncing it um, but no she was like chupacabra I was like what and so I seriously had to go in and look it up and it's like no it's chupacabra and it was all me it was all wrong <laughs> And if it's difficult for you to listen to that episode, I totally get it. So I'm the st- sorry.
0: The story was still the s- fun to listen.
1: Oh to. my gosh, so but I just I was just a little mortified after like looking that up and <laughs> discovering that I was like pronouncing it wrong the whole time. <laughs> the whole time.
0: Oh Lord. we all like it, you know so know. much so much is French in the South. We've done so much worse than oh <laughs> the my
1: opera. God. <laughs> what did you say to? chippecabre oh yeah just
0: elongated the i did you know
1: southern chimley (laughs) chimley
0: Chimley? Chimley. get out of my chimley all right i think that's all i got is that all you got probably not but go ahead Uh no
1: no i'll save it for the after talk which i apologize i'm so behind in after talk
0: they are they are in the can they They are in the can
1: they do exist i just and um anyway oh we should (gasps) we'll talk afterwards
0: weekly we should probably make that announcement. Yeah, we should. This is like the most important thing that we had to say. Actually. Yeah, exactly. All, all,
1: <gasps> all the other things, yes. So, uh,
0: because of because you your hosts are all women with day jobs <laughs> um, <laughs> and children. And children. <laughs> and Which like, is another day job. And one of them has like night five job. day jobs and children. Um We are going to back off just for the next couple of months Mm -hmm. to a biweekly schedule. So we're going to be releasing every other week for just a couple of months instead of every week to allow us time to make sure that we have a chance to put stories together that we enjoy and that you're going to enjoy and then have time to get that audio up there for you because – it's just, It's been a, a major challenge just because of schedules this particular semester. Right. It's not something that's going to be ongoing forever. So we just wanted to let you know that. But um, right. we'll, we'll temporarily be doing a biweekly schedule just so that you're aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have a couple other things, you know, that are still hanging out. We've got one or two um, Listener lures, lures and things that like that. Put up. Yeah. And if we happen to have an easy week, one week we may just randomly say like, hey, let's do an extra one. So, you know, right. keep... You know, keep aware but
1: listening. We're still gonna be here. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And if you have story ideas, please hit us up too. I mean we've
0: gotten so many good ones from the different like absolutely and
1: even just just through communication. Like, you know, I did the whole uh moon Oh, uh, yes. Museum. What is it? I can't even remember the name now.
0: <laughs> I can't remember the name of it either. But yeah, so the Kentucky. Museum Kentucky? In the name, Kentucky? The K- yes. Yeah,
1: the um, Museum of Kentucky just Dick because. Dick in a Box Museum.
0: Yeah, Dick <laughs> in a Box
1: Museum just simply because somebody from Kentucky like reached out to me and I was like, oh, I'm going to do something from Kentucky because she was so nice and, you know. And that's, you know, that's a lot of times how we get our stories or Mm -hmm. get our story leads going in. Because somebody, like, mentioned something or they talked to us. I'm like, oh, they were so friendly. So why don't we, you know, find something from their home state.
0: And didn't we have somebody's field trip photos from that? Somebody was getting together a she group went. Oh, she yeah. went. Yeah, she went. And I don't think Last we week. did get, Did We'd, we get those photos? Not like, yet. We'll try and reach back out because um yes. one of our listeners had actually gone like right after the mm-hmm. show aired. Because it
1: was like 30 minutes from where she lived. Yeah.
0: And um taken, taken some other people. She's so. the one who sent one of the gifts. Mm. Yes. So, um the,
2: the the note. Andy? No. 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 Abby. Abby. Abby?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. We we will correct your name <laughs> next <laughs> next housekeeping kentucky. kentucky kentucky, Hi, kentucky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We suck <laughs> god blame it on me i'm glad so. you guys are oh. awesome all right so <laughs> that aside that aside um i have a story this week that should make up for all of the discomfort I brought you
2: oh, <laughs> last <it's> week. Good.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it is absolutely ridiculous, and it is kind of a shit show, but in its own special way. What? So here we go. Love shit shows so, my favorite. <clears throat> so Patrice talked about the chupacabra bra, <laughs> last week. Oh, man, chupacabra. Hey, bra. bra. Right. Um, and uh, you know, like one of the things she was talking about was that there are a whole bunch of different chupacabra forms like in different places you know different country like originally from puerto rico but they talked about it in florida and they talked about it in louisiana and all these other places and in the the you know southwest too right and there were different versions of it and you know i'm i'm i write up our show pages so like i if I can't remember really well the details of what one or both of us has talked about, I end up like doing little searches right before I put the show page together so that I can give you an idea of like what we covered. Cause usually it just jogs my memory a little bit. And when I was doing that for the Chupacabra, I found a version that I don't think you mentioned. And this is just an aside for the beginning to get us oh. launched off onto this topic okay. that I'm going to cover. So there was a version called the grunch Oh. Did you find the grunch? Mm. I know. Okay. I know. Right. Cause That's it doesn't sound, huh, it doesn't sound real. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, the, so it's, it, they, it has a bunch of titles, but they also call it the Grunch road monster. Um, this is a New Orleans-based oh. story, apparently. Okay, which some people like online immediately called bullshit on because it's like we don't call things the Grunch, right? Like this is that not is so pretty New Orleans not talk New right, Orleans, right here. Like, yeah, dialect. <laughs> so so um, questionable, and right? you know, Ooh. as all these really kind of are. But they say it's it's thought to be related to the Chupacabra legend. Um, because the description of it is very much the same in a lot of cases, like kind of dog, kind of reptilian with those species spiky spikes coming right. out the, the mm-hmm. spine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there was um, a mysterious uh, universe article about it that was um, that said that some of the sightings of it like jumped up after Hurricane Katrina again after mm-hmm. it had kind of had a lull for a long time of people talking about it. And, um, I wonder if that
1: ties in any mm-hmm. with my sea monster that kind of appears after, like, hurricanes happen Ooh. because the bottom gets dredged up. Everyth-
0: everything, yeah, gets, yeah. like, tossed around mm-hmm. and things get disturbed. Um, so there was, a, like, a, a personal account from somebody that said that she saw something on the side of the road, let's see, that she thought was a dog at first, but then when she got closer, she realized it was a hunched-over figure, that was like some sort of lizard-like cross between a monkey and a bulldog, she said. Lizard, monkey, bulldog. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that <laughs> covers everything. Like, mm. we've just got everything in here. Okay. Um, she said it walked in a lopsided way, had scaly skin and a snouted face that looked to be the cross between an ape and an alligator. Which I was like, I don't think you can cross those. Right. Like the two totally different and an facial features. <laughs> But um, she said when she got close to it, it stood on two legs at about five feet high and puffed out at her and like lunged at her and hissed. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: this was a report that this this writer had gotten directly from someone after Hurricane Katrina, I guess. But so they attribute that to the grunge. But, you know, a lot of the ways that the chupacabra was kind of hard to pin down, you know, Mm -hmm. like there were there were different descriptors of it kind of across its. Right. It was kind of a catch all. That kind of is so that's maybe why they put this under the chupacabra. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and like all these others, there were different origin stories for where it had come from um, n- beyond the regular kind of chupacabra ideas of where it made might have come from. Originally, they talked about like there being the, these woods off of a road called Grunch Road outside of New Orleans, where like a large group of misfits, they said, societal misfits had been forced to go Because they were thought to be like satanic. But it was like dwarves and albinos. What? And then they said that they like created some new creature somehow and mm. that became the grunch i was like that just that sounds, sounds like, like an excuse to be racist right but <laughs> um, small town gossip <clears throat> There, it's like don't go out grunch road because know. you know them people it's the so they said that they originally were humans and then developed deformities and became grunches so that would be like far removed from the chupacabra fascinated knows. by this word grunt i know it's and ugly. they said it's based on that I, I know it's a hideous yeah. word right And then there were people who said that it was like a result of devil worship somehow, that it was like a demon brought from hell by Satan worshipers (laughs) in the 80s. And here's the, this is, this is where my mind tracked. So this is the part we get to that is why I went the rest of the way I went on this story. The third origin myth has to do with Marie Laveau. I found it in two different places. (laughs) So, (laughs) I like how you're laughing about this, okay? There was a story that says that Marie Laveau, like, the devil had a baby. This devil baby was born. The devil had a baby. I guess. They said it was the devil baby. So, either the devil had a baby or the baby was born and the baby was a new devil. Something like that. Okay. But it's devil baby. Capital D, capital B. Okay. I am devil baby. (laughs) Devil baby. And Marie Laveau decided that the devil baby could not breed or have any offspring because it was bad for society and the world. So she castrated the devil baby Mm. because she didn't want him to reproduce. And his testicles fell to the floor and (laughs) (laughs) became a male and female grunge, (laughs) which then attacked Marie Laveau. (laughs) Beat her to within an inch of her life. I have foreseen our future, <laughs> until, until
1: she fainted. We need to take <laughs> known lore <laughs> and then just go way out.
0: This is so far out. <laughs> well, I'm where, kind how of. The fuck, did this come from? Where? Okay, like where I'm did tripping. you <laughs> find that? There was. Let's see. Like, who said that? There was. Uh, there's a site called Skeptophilia. That had a whole big thing Sounds on the legit. grunge. And the person was skeptical of the whole thing. He right. was the first one that said, like, we don't say things like grunge here.
1: Right. And then... Well, if it comes from the road name. Yeah, then... it comes from it. But still. Yeah. I mean, still, yeah.
0: But, um, no, there was there's a paranormal investigator called Gina Lanier who told mm. this story. And I, did, I found it somewhere else, though. At oh. least one other place. But you know how the internet is? Like, they could have all come from the same place and just kind right. of... It propagates itself like right. a devil baby without... You know, before it's. I'm a little scared though,
1: like how they're using the word devil baby. Really? Yeah. Why? We'll talk about it later. Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is more real than I thought. (laughs) Well, I'm not using it in any way other than that this is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. And the devil baby's testicles attacked Marie (laughs) LeBeau and almost killed her. And she fainted, and then the grunches ran off into the woods to harass other travelers for the rest of time. Okay. This is the story that we start with. Oh, this is the starter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I'm just talking about testicles today. Oh, Oh my God. I was like, what can I do to it? what can I do to appease people who didn't like listening to
1: Well, the thing about it is, is that you found so much oh, to lead into testicles.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, this is see, remember how when you were doing your Mark Twain one and you were like, I'm sorry, you gotta follow my train of thought. Follow my train of thought. Right. That's where I am. Okay, excellent. This is you're on the train. Whether you're you want to be the on Malaya it or not, train <laughs> you can't jump now. That's right. So okay. So what I did was search the internet for testicle stories from every Southern state. Oh (laughs) my my God. And some of them are better than others. How many so, testicle stories did you read? I found multiple testicle stories. Okay. Oh my God. How many times are we going to say testicle in this book? Oh, I kind of like. Should I start I, counting? I, I I'm think good. Maybe. At counting I, counting is good. You I can get a frequency. Yeah. I probably have already <laughs> said it minute. five or six yeah. times. Okay, so so start with we'll six. start with six.
1: Should I put like hashtag testicles? Yeah. <gasps> oh
0: God. We, I thought we learned that lesson a long time ago. <laughs> <With> sex workers. <laughs> hashtag sex workers. <laughs> oh. Um, so we're going to start in Tennessee. These are not okay. in any order other than just, you know, there are some that are kind of uh, and some that are kind of, whoa, and I tried <laughs> to mix them up. So Tennessee. <laughs> Testicles. Testicles. Oh, God. Testicle story from Tennessee <laughs> is that a um, is this is a news story of a Maryville, Tennessee delivery driver who um, videoed. As her friend dipped his testicles into a salsa container on the way to being delivered <laughs> to the customer. <laughs> um, what? Who delivers salsa? First off, I would love some salsa. This is well. This is, is like a, This is like a. I don't know if it's a local delivery service, but it sounds like kind of a DoorDashy thing oh. where, like, they went to a local um, Mexican restaurant and delivered it to the person. I'm never ordering gross. DoorDash again. And so it says that yeah, a man in the passenger seat of the car. And this was from the Independent. Like this got to the UK, y'all. This is like, oh my, this wow,
1: is international news. And it was seriously salsa dipped balls. Balls. It was
0: the only thing that showed up when I typed Tennessee testicle stories. So you oh, know, like, okay, go ahead. Like you'd expect. I'm, trying, I'm also
1: trying to figure out logistics, but go <clears> ahead. <throat>
0: Well, there's a video. Oh, I don't want... (laughs) No, that's a hard no. Oh my God. That is so no. (laughs) It's like the cheese
2: parlor. Yeah, he's
0: (laughs) sitting in the passenger side and he kind of pulls his waistband and takes the little little tiny salsa container and just kind of (gasps) reaches down in between and just kind of ups and downs a little (laughs) bit. Great, now I'm making you throw up over this. I'm tired of making people throw up.
1: No, but I totally <laughs> I wish y'all could I could have seen what Marlena just did <laughs> with had the reenactment. i show you
0: how it worked. <laughs> and the, the quote that the driver says during this video is this is what you get when you give an 89 cent tip for an almost 30 minute drive. <laughs> Whoa. So, um, maybe they're going to tip at the door. Luckily this, I I know that poor person, seriously. So luckily this video goes viral Mm -hmm. and like authorities are informed and the person who did the testicle dipping, Uh, was arrested, charged with adulteration of food, liquids, or pharmaceuticals, (gasps) Mm -hmm. and could face, and this, I actually don't know how this ended up turning out, but the sentence that he could have faced at that time was between 3 and 15 years in jail and a fine of $10,000. So, like, don't fuck around with people's food because they're going to get you. Absolutely. Testicle story number one. Testicle story number two is not really a story. It's South Carolina, and I had no idea this. um, South Carolina outlawed truck nuts. Did you oh, know that? Good. <laughs> like, there are actually multiple states apparently that have outlawed truck nuts. You know what truck oh, nuts are? Oh, right? okay. Sorry,
1: it took me a little while. A so little oh, slow Maybe down. I
0: should explain They're what so truck gross. nuts are. I was
1: trying to think like food. I was still yeah, thinking explain. food. No.
0: Uh, so I'll explain to you what truck nuts are. They're, they serve zero purpose. Um, and they're They're kind of like A redneck hallmark The mm. truck nuts thing It's like if you drive A pickup truck Then you can buy these To like slide over your hitch And it looks like Your truck has Like a ball sack Hanging from the back of it Right That's what truck nuts are and um, they were—they're outlawed in South Carolina as obscene. It well, says they violate a state law. I agree. That deems decals, devices, and bumper stickers indecent if they offensively depict sexual acts, extratory functions, or parts of the human body. <laughs> There's a $445 fine Ooh, if you have truck nuts woo. in South Carolina. And all I could think of was the, um, you know, the Calvin and Hobbes yeah, like takeoff see? picture where he's pissing on the. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if they could get arrested too yeah, for having that like probably. Calvin and Hobbes sticker. So that was South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, Mississippi let me down a little bit. Oh. I've got to say, I don't know. I, they should probably be proud. No balls. <laughs> um, there were, there were, <laughs> no this one, Mississippi, this one was a more serious one because the only things that I could find for testicles in Mississippi was national geographic articles talking about the fact that the female Atlantic croaker fish will grow testicles in the Mississippi river and the Delta because of all of the Gulf States um, runoff, or because of all the runoff up the Mississippi River, not the Gulf States, this actually covers all the Gulf States, so it's not specific to Mississippi. But right. it is the Mississippi River, so we're going to use it. Okay. But, um, and they also, the... Um, The Gulf portion of Mississippi is – Mississippi and Louisiana are the two states that are, like, I guess the most – they fish that fish the most. Right. So – but anyway, because of all the phosphorus and nitrogen pollution from fertilizers, chemical fertilizers that come from up the Mississippi River, they've caused oxygen depletion and waste runoff that encourages algae blooms and takes all the oxygen out of the water – and when oh, yeah. the fish are running on less oxygen their brains have to decide which parts they're going to like grow you know it's like they're just <laughs> so they're prioritizing their own evolution oh my god so they can't grow the That's... sex hormone that causes them to have ovaries and they just grow testicles instead Mm. So that's interesting. That is very interesting and sad. National Geographic. I'm gonna. I have t- so many Wait, videos. So how and do they keep? They can't reproduce. I mean, everybody has testicles. There's no reproduction. They won't over time. Yeah, they won't over time. There's still some with the ovaries. Though. Yeah. Oh. But but even the male ones, because of the oxygen depletion, their sperm are less virile, mm-hmm. I guess, and their testes are smaller. These mm. poor fish. Mm so that's they have a, sad, it's a sad story yeah it's gonna turn into fish rage eventually mm-hmm. sell <laughs> so truck nuts Ooh. to the fish they can't take him they can't take them to south carolina but sell <laughs> so, so <laughs> prosthetic fish nuts <laughs> just to give him a little boost mm-hmm. yeah, all right so boost. <clears throat> west virginia was equally disappointing I don't know that they should be proud of this part, though, because the, what I did get out of West Virginia was 100% fake news. Mm. So uh. West Virginia's testicle story is one story about... Because a, the
1: chupacabra is real. I
0: know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got we've to draw a line here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, so <laughs> one story about a 62-year-old woman biting off a pit bull's testicles because, oh. because her son, who was the owner of the dog, ate all her meat. It's a bullshit story. Yeah, it's the article quote was from somebody who they said was at the scene, and the quote was, "Eventually, she bit Pedro's acorns clean off right there in the front yard. Oh my god, Pedro hightailed it, screeching like a wild Indian. And when I tried to subdue the woman, she knocked me out with an old tricycle." There's so (laughs) many things wrong with that. That's so bullshit.
1: Well, either a thirteen-year-old boy wrote that, or a thirty-five-year-old boy wrote that. (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. The maturity level is. Oh, and if you weren't sure that it was bullshit, this is the picture that they posted of the woman. Oh, man. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. So, yeah. It is full of stereotypes. Mm -hmm. It is all about southern stereotypes and it is crap. So, that's the only testicle story that I could find. But the one thing that West Virginia searching taught me was that when you search testicles on Google, it's nice enough to just automatically include balls hits also. So if you search for <laughs> testicle stories, you also get stories about like all exercise the dads. balls. And, like, oh, okay. balls. Was... No, like Balls Gap Church. And, uh, like, well, that was nice. I thought you were like, It's
1: like all the videos of the dads getting hit in the nuts with their sons baseball oh, bats God, or something. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did find it really funny that like Google was was intuitive enough to say you might like balls in this right. search. We see that
1: you're not highly pornographic in this area, <laughs> yes. so we're going to take it easy on you.
0: All right, so Alabama. Oh yeah. Oh, this is did. this one goes a little further down the serious serious front because. Um, And this was a lot of this I pulled from a story in Atlantic Magazine, but a lot of us are familiar with some of it. More Georgia than Atlanta or Alabama. Anyway, Alabama enacted a law in summer of 2019 that would require as a condition of parole that some convicted child sex offenders undergo chemical castration, Mm. which... I don't think I knew. I didn't. I knew that. Um, I knew that. The new law was basic. So it's basically like anybody who was convicted of a child sex crime um, before they left prison would have to be injected with hormone blocking drugs. Um, and it would have to be done until a judge, not a doctor, deemed it no longer necessary. Um, and I think like most people listening to this are going to be like, well, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, but then, and I am too. There are like weird ethical like fallacies on. On oh, yeah. this though, because also like if you, the instincts that cause people to do things like that aren't corrected by correct by chemical castration, so it's just kind of releasing that without it's basically without treatment right. of any kind because that that really doesn't treat much besides it gives them less virility to do the thing they originally were gonna do. Right. That doesn't mean they're not gonna just do something. Or worse. Else. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But also, it kind of implies that, that the testosterone worse. production is the reason why they do this. Like, mm. that their libido is overhyped. Mm. And, and, like, that's not that. true. Yeah. You know? I mean, there yeah. are lots of overhyped libido people that don't You're go out and, like, hurt people. Sick. Yeah. Motherfuckers. So, yeah. this it's an issue. It you is know? an issue. As, as is often the case with Alabama legislation. <laughs> it's mm. possible we didn't think this through. Mm. But anyway, it's good to deal somehow with, like, that issue but anyway that's testicles Mm -hmm. in alabama okay keeping in the legislation vein georgia's heartbeat bill everybody knows about georgia's heartbeat bill so in march uh 2019 the georgia state house passed the living infants fairness and equality life act which was hb 481 Which is called the heartbeat bill, which is basically a ban on abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, with exceptions in the case of rape and incest, only if official police reports were filed. Very, Um, very strict abortion restriction. That really does amount to a ban, because most people don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. So it's pretty much an abortion ban. Um, Most of the southern states have one of these or have considered one of these. So Georgia's not the only one that we're shaking our finger at. But um, when the state representative, Ed Seltzer, was the one who introduced it, at least 20 Democratic senators or Democratic representatives turned their backs on him when he introduced the legislation. Six people just walked out of uh, the chamber. Hollywood threatened to boycott, which is a big ass deal in Georgia right now. If you all aren't familiar with the number of films that and shows that film in Georgia, it's massive. I mean, Mm -hmm. it has blown up. So they have threatened to boycott if it ever goes into effect. And in response to it, let's see, there, of course, there were women on the state House like steps dressed like handmaids. Yeah. Um, but also, House Representative Darshan Kendrick introduced the Testicular Bill of Rights in response to this.
2: Whoa. This right. was a
0: legislative package of five bills, and here's what they do. One, require men to get permission from their sex partner before obtaining any prescription for erectile dysfunction medication. Mhm. Mm-hmm. 2. ban vasectomies in part or in whole with punitive consequences for doctors who perform them. 3. make it an aggravated assault for men to have sex without a condom. Ooh. Mm. 4. require dna testing when a woman is 6 weeks and 1 day pregnant to determine the father of the child who will then be required to immediately start paying child support. Oh. Yes. yes. And 5. institute a 24-hour waiting period for men seeking to buy porn or sex toys in Georgia. <laughs> So, like, all of this stuff, the permission slips, the... Uh, this is stuff that, like, we have to deal with all the fucking time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot get, like... I, I went to get a, a uterine ablation. My husband had to sign a paper. Yes. I mean, like... It's ridiculous. They don't let you make your decisions for yourself. This is just all stuff that we have to do all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, how's it feel, bitches? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Never she knew pass. that it wasn't going to pass. She mm-hmm. knew that it was making a statement, but major respect because <laughs> right. it made a really good statement. Um, just so as an update heartbeat bill temporarily blocked in federal court last October, mm-hmm. it was supposed to go into effect this past January, like the, this January, like on the 1st right. of January and it's still kind of sitting in limbo. They're probably not going to do anything with it. Right. That Hollywood boycott that money, mm-hmm. that that's a big deal money for talks. Yeah. So Kentucky. Okay. Um, in Kentucky, They have a dish called lamb fries. What? It is lamb testicles sliced, boiled, and fried. Um... And yes. you know, served with chips. Oh. A <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> dipping sauce. Yeah, it's got a dipping sauce. It's got a dipping sauce. You know, because like it's it salsa. <laughs> and this is, yeah, you know, I like condiments. <laughs> How good is the dipping sauce? That's gonna make all my yeah. decisions now. <laughs> so. And and I didn't know that actually – so this is – apparently this isn't available everywhere in Kentucky, but, like, Ooh. the bluegrass region specifically, but, like, there are testicle festivals <gasps> in Nebraska, Oklahoma, Nevada, Illinois, and Wisconsin, and there's actually a World Testicle Cooking Championship because this is kind of a big deal in other countries. Like, it's just another part, right, that you eat, so – testicles yay okay so uh yeah this one guy says um they kind of taste like clam strips except way less fishy and way more nutsacky uh-huh. um and then there's a there's so much wrong with that statement there's uh-huh. a col- <laughs> there's a columnist named chi chi wang who writes for um seriously e- chi chi wang writes a column <laughs> Right, right i know i don't <laughs> okay. know if it's real okay writes a column called nasty bits and um they say lamb testicles are unmistakably lammy with pungent, grassy smell, and an awful intensive taste, O-F-F-A-R, or O-F-F-A-L, not A-W-F-U-L, awful, mm. um, that's akin to stomach, tastes like stomach. Yeah. Uh-huh. The texture is almost identical to scallops. Ooh, so yeah. if you're fascinated Chewy? by this, they- not if scallops shouldn't be, not if you cook them right. Well, whoever cooks <laughs> scallops right. uh Gordon like, jordan ramsey we
2: should ask it's abby we should ask her about this it oh, was abby that's what was. i thought abby from okay kentucky. Mm-hmm.
0: abby from kentucky have Give you ever us had some lamb info fries? on this <laughs> if you're interested in before and after pictures of lamb fries I'm and, good. Uh, and a recipe I'm good. i'll provide you a, a website um mm-hmm. so louisiana and florida here are hand in hand there's a story from 2019 from just this past september um, there's a tiger tr- truck stop in gross Tet, Louisiana, and they've had a camel named Casper in a pen outside their truck stop for years and years. Apparently they used to have a tiger. They're usually kind of, you know, yelled at by animal rights people, but this is, this is a tame camel. He does have space, you know, he's, he's friendly. They don't like have people ride him or abuse him or anything he's actually cared for. Um, they have had no problems with this camel. And then in September of 2019, a 68-year-old Florida woman who had stopped at the truck stop with her husband oh. and dog, um, they were letting the dog out to go to the bathroom. The husband was throwing treats for the dog, and one of the, do- and the dog went under the camel's fence. It was a six-foot-high fence, mm-hmm. but there was space underneath, and it was lined with barbed wire underneath. Like, they weren't trying to let things get into Ooh. this pen, but it was a small dog. And um, so instead of walking, like, the 50 feet to the truck stop to ask somebody for help getting her dog out the woman got down and pushed underneath the enclosure fence into the enclosure with the camel the camel was terrified and in order to protect itself sat on the woman Uh. and she couldn't get it to get up so she bit it in the balls Uh. to get it to move (laughs) And she just pinched it in the balls. I mean, why does the mouth
1: have to be involved no here? No idea. She must have been pinned. Yeah. I assume oh. she's pinned. I don't just like know. kind of a limited neck This is where something. I am. This right is what of, I yeah, bite. It, right right. it
2: must have been. Okay. She just, they were just right there. Tea-bagging. So, so, yeah,
0: she totally just. <laughs> poor camel. Teabagging a woman. Gets harassed. Oh, bless it. So she Sorry. bit the camel's <laughs> testicles. Of course, he got up. She jumped out. somebody let her out um she got taken to the hospital because she had torn her skin up with these fucking barbed wire fences and they want to make sure she didn't break anything and then she was cited for lease law violations and trespassing which is completely appropriate yes because that was a bad decision it was a horrible decision um there i will put on the show page a video of a very amused policeman talking about this issue um florida Not to be outdone, because this woman was from Florida who did this at the Louisiana truck stop. Yeah, Florida lady. But Florida can't let this stand. Like it needs its own thing. Right. And of course, we found testicles in Florida. Of course, in a GQ article entitled (laughs) "Florida Man Files Patent to Let Everyone Know He Has Giant Balls." (laughs) So in in twenty fifteen work oh here you go okay in 2015 i can show you a picture in a minute i'm good actually i'm really good you can just describe it to me (laughs) so an insurance executive named vladimir laurent um got a patent in vladimir uh, vladimir laurent figures in 2015 got a patent for a product that was to prevent the male genitalia from touching the walls of the toilet while in use which apparently is a thing, and they call it toilet balls. Uh. Which, if if men claim to have ballsacks so big that they, when they sit on the toilet, their balls go into the water of the toilet, and it's gross because it's shit water all over you. Right. Uh. And so, um, I could see that he says it's a hygienic product, and it's like basically like putting your house on stilts. One of the things like <laughs> describe. there's like a little suction cup cup that you put your balls in, and it's a ball and joint there. <laughs> that like it can move around and he's because he's uh uh, oh and he said he like joystick in his balls what is that? no i guess it just moves naturally when it like moves he said it's a home product and it's designed for a specific need for something that i felt was needed personally (laughs) so he just needed everybody to know Mm -hmm. he's got investors he's got hospitals interested in like buying it this was in 2015 though so i don't know i'm assuming this went nowhere well you
1: know if we think about it
0: let's talk about the toilet for a second okay
1: the toilet it's been around i mean living in the south my great grandparents had an outhouse so it was basically like you know you dug a hole and you put a building around it and that's uh-huh. what everybody used you know especially poor rural Ooh. you know living before electricity was wasn't that long ago in this area you know unless you were like living in um you know a city or something then that's what you did so you know we think that toilets and the functions of toilets have been around for a while there has not been a whole lot of evolution mm-hmm. with the common toilet yes that's true so with all our technology and in japanese they they have like a dealt they have with like this. digital toilets. they have like digital toilets they got toilets they'll sing to you mm-hmm. so they're at least exploring this avenue and i th- really think that america needs to step up its toilet game do
0: you need to invest Amen. do you need to invest in the
1: no i totally would if it was like a li- you know, i had money I'm, I, <laughs> support the bidet. I support the bidet yeah. we've talked about the bidet yeah but it's ridiculous how like just like our toilet design has really not changed. The only thing that's changed is like how much water that we have. Yeah, we've the used. water consumption thing. The water is consumption changed, people have made. But it needs to be more like in, for old older people. They had to make a squatty people. potty for a reason.
2: Right? Because it's
0: not made right. Right. Grace
2: and Frankie.
0: Grace and Frankie. Yes. yes. The rise up toilet. <laughs> on Grace and Frankie. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like that. That wasn't, needs to
1: be a real thing. Yes, be, it does. That needs to happen.
0: Um, Arkansas, it. I, I was. Uh, I'm going back into like some weird animal cruelty thing with Arkansas. It's not animal cruelty. All of this is animal cruelty. The testicle bite and camel and the pit bull. This is kind of a, a the poor Arkansas, lambs. Ha- the poor lambs. Sorry. Sorry. Arkansas did have one testicle story that showed up, but it was the sort of sad story of a guy who was paralyzed and his was in bed nude and had gotten like a recent per- like. He picked up a stray off the street, a little tiny white fluffy dog and woke up in the morning to find that the dog had eaten one of his testicles, <gasps> What? which is an actual like that actually did happen. Oh, and he didn't know if the dog had ever been vaccinated and they ended up having to kill it and go have it tested for rabies because he would just picked it up off the street. So mm. that was a story. Why did
2: he not wake up?
0: I, well, he was paralyzed. It. You don't feel it. Oh, he was. I mean, he was that part. paralyzed. Sorry, yeah, sorry, he sorry. was paralyzed from. Yeah, so he was paralyzed. So missed he did. He did have pain when he woke up, but it was like above because mm. like of the nerves that you reach. I missed the paralyzed part. Well, you're on drugs, so yes, it's I'm okay. I'm on my on medication. So like. So, it was kind of, I was kind of torn about that one because I was like, that's kind of a sad that's story, sad. despite the fact that someone had made a kind of funny video out of it. But mm. the, um, so, North Carolina is the last one that I'm going to do, and there's not much to it um, because I think I'm going to do you, North Carolina, for your own story coming up here pretty soon. Oh. I found something here that I think will be entertaining. Cool. But um, the big thing that I saw in North Carolina was that there was a headline from Jacksonville, North Carolina that a North Carolina woman was accused of trying to bite off her ex-boyfriend's testicles and had been found not guilty of malicious castration. And the one thing, my takeaway from this entire thing, I had not a whole lot of interest in the article, but it's the fact that this happens often enough in North Carolina that there is a charge of malicious castration. Oh, my lord. Like, she was actually charged with that. I see it. So, anyway, so that is the rundown of testicles in all of our southern states (laughs) wow you're welcome i guess (laughs) that's more balls than you ever needed (laughs) and i bet way more than you ever expected to get on this show (laughs) (laughs) well we'll be right back Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our website, thestrangesouth.com. All our social media links are there. And for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast. And if you love us so much that you want to support what we do and get bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes photos and videos, please consider joining our Patreon, Patreon, Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thestrangesouth. All right, and we're back! Yay!
1: Yay. Woo! Like refreshed. I made sure the red light's on, so oh, we don't start Woo. talking like we have done in the past, <laughs> <laughs> and be like, "Oh shit, we just totally didn't record that." <laughs> so hold on. Okay. I'm breaking a little bit with our theme. It's relevant to the South, but today I'm pretty much talking about all over the goddamn world. Okay. Oh. Okay. And it's because of a topic that I've been reading, like, for the past two weeks. And it's basically the Wu-Tang flu. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I was trying to remember the area where the flu originated, <laughs> the, the coronavirus. coronavirus. Yeah. It's in Wuhan, I think. Yes. Um, and the corona. So when I first started driving i my first car was a toyota corona not a corolla it's a corona really it wasn't there wasn't a lot made of them it was like a 79 corona stick shift (laughs) and um that was like my first car (sighs) and i loved that car it was great i mean i just like (sighs) (laughs) i love that car um and so you know oops sorry So I've been reading about this, and I've been kind of keeping up and, you know, reading stories that are coming out of China and other places about, you know, the contagiousness of the flu and how all of the people, um, how the doctors and the nurses have been, like, staying up for just days on end and are totally exhausted, and then some of them are catching it and dying from it as well. Like, one of the main guys at the forefront um, there in Wuhan uh basically and I'm probably mispronouncing that anyway, uh you know, who's started from the beginning and had been treating all of these patients has died from the uh, flu. I uh, called it and died. Uh, and then yesterday they did like a new coronavirus uh global emergency declaration from mm-hmm. the World Health Organization um, as like this outbreak continues to spread outside of China. And they yeah. said that the main reason for this declaration is not what's happening in China, but it's what's happening in other countries. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm skeptical about it, not what's happening in China. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, they're trying to suppress in order to keep hysteria and stuff. And they're just concerned. They did this because they're concerned that, you know, weaker health countries with weaker health systems um, are not going to be able to handle like how fast, you know, the contagious part of this goes. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, as far as we know, 213 people have died from the virus in China. And it says there's 98 cases in 18 other countries, but no deaths so far. And it's basically, you know, all originated from the Chinese city of Wuhan Mm -hmm, where the outbreak began and when we think about it, you know, they're reporting and they're making such a huge deal out of this, and only 213 people have died, which is a drop in the bucket when the CDC says that annually there's yeah. usually like 56,000 people a year die of just regular seasonal flu.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had so, a that that was a. So it's
1: kind of like, you know, we're seeing like these really low numbers. And so I've been thinking about the flu a lot. Uh, I went, my uh, son and I, got the flea shot this year or last year and it's always like traumatic because mm-hmm. my son hates shots and um and a lot of things you know I've read articles you know about past plagues and flus you know and they're making a the big deal about you know in like the 1920s we had you know an outbreak in 1820s we had an outbreak mm-hmm. and you know and they were just like it's we're due for like you know global pandemic kind of thing and right now we have all of um you know started with Stephen King, The Stand, where oh, a yeah. flu swept through, and it, like, changed. And, of course, there's a lot of uh, woo-woo involved in that, you mm. know, as well. Um, but it started with the flu, and all these movies have come out, and all these books have come out about, like, you know, just flu, end-of-the-world, zombie apocalypse kind there's of settings
0: Like Pandemic you, the Game. Yeah, there, yeah,
1: absolutely. So it's, like, it's really much on the forefront of everybody's mind. Mm. But if you... If you know anything about like the Spanish flu that hit in the 1918, or maybe you don't. Maybe all you know is that hey, in 1918, we had a Spanish flu uh, that came about and it killed 50 to 100 million people. Oh my God! In two years, 100 million in the world in the world. Whoa. So that's what I'm talking about today is the Spanish flu.
0: Damn. Simply
1: because we do not realize what had happened, or it's not like something that we grew up with. It's like mentioned and then kind of glossed over because it happened in correlation with World War I. So usually World War I uh, overshadows like this travesty that happened in like 1918 with the Spanish flu. So it started, it's first recorded in March 1918, and it coincided with the First World War, like I said, mm-hmm. and it overshadowed the pandemic um, also because of government repression. Mm. And I will talk about that in a little bit. I got all I got all these talking points. <laughs> I, was like, I was all in my research. I was like, flew this, flew that, Ooh. flew this. Um, it lasted only 15 months, but it was the deadliest disease outbreak in oh human history. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, it killed between 50 to 100 million people. Um, it killed more people in a year than 40 years of AIDS. It killed more than the bubonic plague. Uh, it killed more than people in World War One and World War II, soldier-wise combined. Holy shit. Um, and during the plague, or during the plague, during the Spanish flu, uh, 670,000 Americans died. Damn. So how is the 1918 flu different than normal flus? Like how do these like pandemic flus that spread so fast, how is it different? Ordinary like seasonal flus normally like bind to like upper respiratory, like usually have the upper respiratory stuff, Mm -hmm. nose and throat. That's where it gets you, sore throat, fever and whatnot. The pandemic virus It affected the upper respiratory, but the bad thing about it is that it got deep into the lungs Mm -hmm. and it did damage to the tissue. And a lot of times you had uh, like bacterial pneumonias and Mm -hmm. stuff that went along with that. And when it first came about or any kind of, well, not when it first came about, flu in general Uh, especially stuff that's very contagious. Back in the day, we didn't have modern medicine and science to, like, understand what was happening. So there was a lot of, like, folklore and just miscommunication, not miscommunication, but just not knowing. Mm -hmm, And so, you know, medical professionals, of course, they... Are paid and everybody thinks that they know everything. So they attributed to like the spread. If you got the flu, is because you like were subjected to a miasma. So I was like, "What the fuck's a miasma?" Right? (laughs) I do that because I don't know half the words I read sometimes. I have to (laughs) look them up. Thank you, Alexa. Um, So miasma is basically a theory. In medicine, that says t- diseases such as cholera, the Black Death, or chlamydia Ooh, conveniently. No. Um, are caused by noxious form of bad air.
0: So it's like, oh, not by honey, people. <laughs> <laughs> i got chlamydia. <laughs> my, my testicles are swollen. <laughs> and it's because of the bad air. That's the connection. <laughs> so
1: this was you know, this is how they thought that uh, influenza spread. Mm. Through bad air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know. And seasonal flu, too, we're not as... Even though, like, 56,000 people a year can die of it, um, on average, we're not as scared of the flu as we used to be, and we lump it more with the cold. Yeah. Like, it kind of goes hand in hand. It's, like, a little bit more severe than the cold, and we're more scared of, like, oh, Ebola and Zika and mares and stuff like that. But the Center for Disease Control um, and Prevention, one of the guys there, uh, Tom Frieden said that he was asked what was scares him the most and he says what keeps me up at night my biggest concern is always for a influenza pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the more you read about the Spanish flu you're going to you're going to see why and this is this is kind of my PSA warning to everybody not to be like, you know, overly like yeah, be overly cautious. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Wash your yeah. hands, wash your, yeah. your, wash, hands. Wash wash your, your hands, hands, right? Uh, during this time, the cure for like the bubonic plague and other medicines, of course, was like leeching and bleeding to death and, mm-hmm. we, you know, being bled. And we know that that's like the worst thing that you can do to mm-hmm. somebody who's already immune systems tanked. And it's because they're trying to get the bad blood out mm-hmm. of them. But also <laughs> when they're like listing some of the medical practices and they're like, anaerobic therapy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what are they calling aromatherapy? Are they calling like that that <laughs> snake
0: oil, <laughs> snake oil, <laughs> or
1: like burning tar, like they did in Birmingham when they had the cholera outbreak? Oh yeah, yeah that's that? right. Does that fall under aromatherapy? <laughs> One and you can look, and I'm gonna make links to these. There are several recent articles talking about during this time. The reason we don't know much about it is because a lot of like historical things we read. Are like mentioned in fiction in literature mm-hmm. or nonfiction, and so there's like the Smithsonian Magazine did an article. Why do so few novels talk or talk tackle the 1918 pandemic? And um, there's you know, again, several novels that will touch on it, and they're basically saying you know their characters live and beside it and it's mentioned, but it's not really written about a whole lot. And um I think the most the best known fiction account of the epidemic was Pell Horse, Pell Rider Uh by Catherine Ann Porter. Mm. And so um and so they're like, why why is this not a thing? And one of the uh, one of the things that they listed was that Virginia Woolf wrote that illness does not take place with love and battle and jealousy among the prime themes in literature. It's like we don't really, like, write about the bad things of illness. It's just kind of glossed over. Or romanticized. Or romanticized. We <laughs> talked about,
0: like, with tuberculosis being a very romanticized yes, illness.
1: but the flu, obviously not so romanticized, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about why that is uh, with some of the uh, symptoms from the Spanish flu. Sorry, i got to get a drink.
0: Are they going to be as bad as the Lou Wooster, like the cholera symptoms? Those were, was it cholera with Wooster? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those
1: yes, were those were awful. Um, it also says that, you know, p- after the flu, and I don't know how, I don't know how truthful this is. It said post-flu, there were lingering issues, including depression, hallucination, delusion, delusia, dementia, and schizophrenia. So I know that, like with some really bad flus, and and this flu in particular, that it damages the brain. It can damage the brain. So I'm wondering, like you know, if that's what they're referring to. And I understand the dementia, but. Maybe I don't know how schizophrenia works as much. As, Bartender Courtney? Do you, you know mean, about, you about know. schizophrenia? Okay. Maybe <laughs> like, that's something. You're the,
0: you're the only psychology-related person. <laughs>
2: I don't know a lot about that. But, I mean, I can see it could change your brain chemicals. It can change so... your brain chemicals.
1: Uh, so, I guess it could yeah. trigger. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look into that I mean, a little bit more. I even things
2: like trauma can uh, kind of be like a trigger, trigger. they think, for some, of, uh, some mental illnesses.
1: Okay. Interesting. Okay. Like TBI's. Interesting. I'll have to look more. That interests me. Uh, my son, speaking of literature, has been like, on a Mary Downing Han
0: Oh, my kick. God. Abby's read every single book oh. she's ever read. And he is
1: going down the list. And ironically, she has a book that she published in 2017 that deals with the Spanish flu. Mm. And I was like, well, this story was meant to be. Because mm-hmm. we have been talking about her constantly, like, for the past week. Because he's trying to get me to read her. Because he's like, Mom, she's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, That's okay. awesome. I know. I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um okay so let's get in how horrific the 1918 spread of the flu was and I'm getting most of my storyline here from the Smithsonian uh, magazine as well because I tried to find like my normal train of thought was let's find some good stories from the south and um, you know maybe there's a character or two that you know we can pull out from that and like really you know uh, talk about but there really wasn't and I think because of the way this flu hit, and at the time that it hit, that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. But this Smithsonian story by John Barry is really good, um, and I like like where he goes with it. So. No one actually knows where the flu started in 1918. Some say it was China. Some say it was the U.S. Some say it was France. And it's only because, like, in 1916, France had, like, an outbreak of flu. In 1917, China and uh, Vietnam had an outbreak of flu. Uh, However, according to a lot of people, they believe it started right here in the U.S., in Kansas. Hmm. So there's a county, Haskell County, sits, like, in, like, this uh, migratory flyway for, like, 17 species of birds, and they also... Brace hogs there so there's several hog farmers in this county so they're thinking like maybe some sort of swine flu yeah. you know Animal pig. To human transition and, transmission, right yeah. transmissions go and i think they actually said they mentioned like the h1n1 mm-hmm. uh flu virus that it was related to it or not i could totally be speaking out my ass here was the bird
0: flu, right h1n1 i think so yeah. so
1: it was as far as like we know closely related to it and of course we don't didn't have flu vaccines back then mm-hmm. So, um, in 1918 in January, uh, flu started showing up in this County and this local physician had the, uh, presence of mind to like, he's like, there's too many outbreaks, like too much flu right now going on for this to be kind of normal. This is a little abnormal for seasonal flu. So he actually alerted the U S public health service, um, and then in Santa Fe, uh, the Santa Fe monitor uh, also confirmed that there was, like, an odd, like, people getting sick a lot uh, around this time. And so we are in World War One in 1918, and uh, several of the men that had been exposed uh, to the flu, not necessarily have it, but they'd been exposed to it, uh, went to Camp Funston in central Kansas uh, and... They went like around, like beginning of March or something, and on March fourth, the first soldier like showed symptoms of having influenza. Mm. Within two weeks, eleven hundred soldiers were admitted to the hospital with the flu. Oh my God! So that shows like how fast. Had they already
2: been overseas, or they hadn't? No,
1: they okay. were they were just exposed from these men coming from this Haskell County. Okay. And so, with like very short, because that's what happens—you get transferred from fort yeah. to mm-hmm. fort, um, and it's the perfect storm you're for
0: close quarters. You're living in close quarters,
1: or, in close yeah, quarters right? Under stress. There's, yeah, you're under stress. Ab- absolutely under stress, and there's no sick days. It's like buck up, soldier, kind mm-hmm. of you know mentality. So, uh, shortly, 24 of the 36 large camps had outbreaks of influenza. Uh, it sickened, sickened over tens of thousands of soldiers, and of course, they started carrying it overseas. Ooh, so, this cool. was known uh. as the first wave of the uh, Spanish flu. And it didn't set off that many alarms. So, it was highly contagious, but it rarely killed. So, this is what I'm thinking when we're talking about like there's 218 deaths right now, which is in yeah. the scope of things, it's just a blip. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was rarely, you know, a lot of people called it, not that many people died. Uh, it says they admitted like one of the, I don't know if it was the bases or hospitals that were set up, admitted like over 10,000 sailors to a sick bay in May and June. So a couple of months later, but only four people died. So, in the first
2: wave. In the first okay. wave,
1: right? Uh, and so it was spread very fast. It spread very fast. It went from, um, you know, all the warring armies in World War One. So you know, pretty much Ooh. everybody, if they were in contact, you know, you had a chance of getting it. But it didn't really, like I said, because it was didn't seem to kill that many people. That not many people talked about it. It was just kind of an inconvenience. Um, they didn't like. Make any big announcement about it, and it only got attention. And of course, if, if we think about wartime, the press is like really restricted. Mm-hmm. They're not going to mm-hmm. say anything bad. They're not going to say anything to like lower the morale. And they're censored on, anyway. And censored yeah. on both sides. So you know, you could be like the U.S. Oh, everything's fine over here, and begin like over there, and be like, oh yeah, no, we're great. You know, we're gonna get you. Yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> we're the stronger ones.
1: We're the stronger ones. We have no sickness. Never sick. Uh, but it got attention because Spain who was not in the war uh, you know the king got sick
0: oh and so
1: the press like that's
0: how it became the spanish flu and that's how it became the oh spanish my God. flu oh I didn't know that it's because
1: it really like p- it got people's attention because the spanish press like said our king is sick with this influenza that apparently everybody's sick with but nobody's talking about and so they did like this really like lengthy um mm. you know articles about like what, you know, why the king is sick. Uh, I don't think he died or anything, but they were uncensored. And so they were able to talk about it and like really dig into like, where did it come from? And um, of course that's how, you know, everybody think it originated in Spain because the king being sick, but Mm -hmm. it's not um, more than likely originated in the U S. So again, the troops dismissed it because it was kind of like a three day fever uh, few people died in that spring of 1918, and those who did get sick—that was another weird thing. It targeted healthy people, hmm. and it targeted the healthy people, young people, because they had the they had strong immunity, uh immune systems, mm-hmm. and so when it it triggered that immune system to like full on force attack, which sickened them, mm-hmm. um, and that's why they called it. So by July, so by the summer, everybody thought like the flu was kind of coming to an end like it does. Because it it heats up in Mm -hmm. the spring, it goes away during the summer, and then just like, I like this analogy here. Just like a great tsunami, it initially pulls the water away from the shore Uh, and returns in a towering, overwhelming surge. And that was (laughs) a quote from this magazine article, which really like sets the tone. Because during the fall we have the second wave. So there is like a document stamped secret and confidential. And it warned that the, um, flu had become epidemic throughout Switzerland and was being commonly called the black plague, oh, shit. even though it was really the Spanish flu. And, um, but this was like all secret confidential. Like they're not publishing this in any papers unless you live there. You don't know about it. Um, In Cap Divin, uh, an RB training base that's 35 miles away from Boston, it had like 34, I'm sorry, it had 45,000 soldiers. And their hospital there could, like, accommodate 1,200 patients. And in September, the beginning of fall, it only had 84 patients. And then, like, things just exploded. And they say, like, within like a week or so, like at one of their, at the height, uh, 15, 1,543 soldiers were reported ill with the flu in a day. Damn. So it just like, it just went. Poof. And the thing about this, it was so scary about the second wave of flu that it, it developed very rapidly and it was vicious. Mm-hmm. So it set up like this horrible pneumonia Uh, It's like two hours after admission, people would have like these spots all over their cheekbones. And just a few hours later, they begin to get something called cyanosis, cyanosis, Mm -hmm. which basically like you're losing oxygen in your blood and it gives you a bluish cast. Oh my God. And then, so everybody was turning blue because of the horrible pneumonia damage to their lungs. And they started turning blue and they would die shortly after. And then their bodies would turn black. Oh, what should be like very scary to like anybody. I mean, like talk about just, it's just horrifying oh to get sick that fast. So it would just take like a few hours until death comes. And it was just a horrible death. Um, it spread faster than the first wave. It was more deadly and it went everywhere. It went to Alaska, went to Africa. It just went everywhere. Um, and of course world war Mm one military took half of the physicians in the u.s to like tend to the soldiers Mm. because the soldiers took priority so they took the best uh physicians and nurses and they shipped them overseas so we were already like depleted of doctors when this hit in the home front and um and what he says here in this article, he's like, what proved to be even deadlier than the virus was the government's policy towards the truth. Yeah. Mm. So, United States entered the war. Woodrow Wilson demanded that the spirit of ruthless brutality <clears throat> enter into every fiber of national life.
0: Whoa. What?
1: Oh, oh get ready. Get ready. Okay. <sighs> He created a committee on public information that was inspired by an advisor of his. And it was, he created it because this advisor said, truth and falsehood are arbitrary terms. The force of an area lies in the inspirational value. It matters very little if it's true or false. Blessed be. So Wilson is urging Congress also at this time to pass this sedition act, which makes it punishable with twenty years in prison to utter, print, write, or publish any disloyal, profane, uh, wow. scurrilous, abusive language about the form of government in the United States, yes. or to urge, incite, or advocate any curtailing of production in this country of anything or things necessary or essential to prosecute prosecution of the war, to the prosecution of the war. So government posters went up, advertisements went mm, up, propaganda, propaganda uh, urging people to report to the Justice Department, anybody who spreads pessimistic stories, cries yeah. for peace, or belittles our efforts in, to win
0: the war. Cries for peace. Oh, Jesus. Yes. That and was a, for the good old days.
1: Right. And of course, <laughs> while this is happening, this flu, the Spanish flu is literally like bleeding the American homestead. Um, public officials determined that in order to keep up morale, they had to lie. So, in September, in the fall of this second wave, uh, a navy ship from Boston carried the flu to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The flu erupted in the navy yard there, and the city's the Philadelphia city's health director Wilmer Crinson declared that he would confine this disease to its present limits and. Uh, in this we are sure to be successful no fatalities have been recorded no concerns whatsoever to be are to be felt um, two days later a soldier two soldiers died of influenza and then uh, crucian stated they died of old-fashioned seasonal flu not the Spanish flu and then um, other health officials started to declare, declare from now on the disease will decrease and then the next day, 14 soldiers died and the first civilian. And then by September 26, influenza has spread like rampant across the country. The Army actually canceled its nationwide draft call. Oh. Philadelphia scheduled like this huge parade for September 28th. And the doctors like were calling and writing uh, to Crenson to like cancel it. Kirsten, sorry. To cancel it. And they're like fearful that like all, everybody conjugating. uh Congregating. Congregating. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in this route, crushed up against each other that it would just spread like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. right? And so they were like begging him and they they even like called the newspaper and they're like, you got to get this out there. You got to tell people not to come. They're trying to convince reporters to write about this, these stories and the dangers of it. And of course they did, but then the editors refused to run it and they refused to print the letters from the doctors. So of course the largest parade in Philadelphia history proceeded on schedule. Two days after the parade, Kirsten conceded that the epidemic is now present in the uh, civilian population, um, and it was assumed to be the same type that was in the Army camps. Then he cautioned not to panic um, over these exaggerated reports that people were hearing. So, of course, belatedly, they ordered all the schools to be closed. (laughs) They banned all public gatherings. Too late. Horse already left the barn. Um, And... The whole time they're saying like, oh, there's nothing to be worried about. Don't worry about it. At its worst, the epidemic in Philadelphia, and we're just talking one city here, killed almost it was killed over seven hundred and fifty people in one day.
0: <gasps> Whoa. Oh my gosh. In one city.
1: In one city in one day. Jesus. So twelve thousand Philadelphians died in all, and nearly all of them within six weeks. So just very fast. The most deadly month was October, and it was reported that um, 195,000 Americans died. Public officials were still lying. The Surgeon General said there's no cause for alarm if uh, precautions are observed. The New York City's uh, public health director declared other bronconial diseases and not the so-called Spanish flu is causing a large majority of the illnesses reported. Uh, the LA public health chief said that if ordinary precautions are observed, there's no cause for alarm. San Antonio, uh, 53% of their population got sick with the flu.
0: Wow.
1: And that seemed to be kind of the, it was basically half, half of the population got sick with the flu. Victims would die within the first hours of their first symptoms. That's how fast it like hit. Um, and Again, horrific symptoms, not just the aches and the turning blue of the body, but also foaming, bloody cough up from the lungs, bleeding from the nose, ears, and even eyes. People knew, um, obviously something was fucking going on because cities and towns were running out of coffins in 1918 without leadership without truth like all the truth evaporated nobody trusted the government anymore and they began looking after themselves which really which was good and i totally get it but when half of your doctors are overseas, uh, you know, the emergency aid people like in Philadelphia were saying all who are free to come help take care of the sick. We need you, um, report as early as possible for emergency work. Um, but nobody came. Mm -hmm. Um, the Bureau of Child Hygiene begged people to take, even if just temporary children whose parents were dying and dead, um, but Ooh. few people like came and helped, and that was like one of the things too. It left so many children orphans, so many children like lost their whole families during this flu epidemic, or pandemic. Holy shit. The emergency aids director, like after begging people, after they told him like nothing's happening and everybody's dying around them, um, he got mad, and he turned bitter, and he said, hundreds of women had the lively had delightful dreams of themselves as role in the role of angels of mercy. Nothing seems to rouse them now. Where are families in which the children are actually starving because there's no one to give them food. The death rate is so high and they still hold back. So he's blaming women for not stepping oh up. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And like, they are fucking telling them nothing's wrong. In Kentucky, the Red Cross chapter was begging for help because there was hundreds of cases of people literally starving to death, Mm. not from the lack of food, but because people were too scared to deliver food to others. Mm. Everybody was panicked. Um, You know, nobody would go near the sick, basically. So if you weren't stocked up, you were just as likely, if you survived the flu, to starve to death.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Um. Uh, somebody like that was in North Carolina was recalling uh, during this time. They're like, you know, we were actually almost afraid to breathe. You were afraid to go outside. The fear was mm-hmm. so great. People were actually afraid to leave their homes and afraid to talk to one another. And this dealt with like kind of a mini collapse of like society mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. Cause the disease spread so fast that many schools, churches, private homes, theaters shut down and became hospitals. Telephone services collapsed. The garbage went uncollected. Mail piled up. Funeral parlors ran out of caskets. The CDC actually has like an archive of stories of different um, you know the accounts of people who survived and remembered the 1918 flu. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and it's basically all the same. It's just like, you know, their family members were dying and they just remember, you know, it being kind of like a desolate time um, when all of this was happened. And, and one of the, the stories was uh, like a Baptist preacher who stopped, like he stopped going home because he didn't want to uh you know, become contagious and spread it to his family. But he slept there at the cemetery because they were having so many burials from all the dead people that he like, he would just sleep and then wake up and they would like bury people. And then he'd go back to sleep. And it was just like this, consistent thing and people were buried in the same graves together mm. and a lot of like the records of deaths were just not accounted for during this time mm-hmm. because um, it just happened so quickly and there were so many it overwhelmed society uh, you had no school life you had no church life you had nothing it completely destroyed all families and community life um, and each day you didn't know whether or not you would be next or you would be able to see the next sunrise right it emptied places of employment. It emptied cities. These shipbuilding workers who were, like, working for the war, um, you know, they were seen as, like, an important front in, like, you know, keeping shipbuilding going. Only, like, 54% of them would show up to work, and this was, like, your national duty. This is, like, what, you know, Woodrow Wilson was talking about. Uh, other shipyards, like, 45% showed up, 43% showed up. The streets were empty Ooh. of the big cities. It totally looked like the walking first scene of the Walking Dead series. You know where there's just nothing. There's mm-hmm. um, stories about like people going to someplace and a large city and not running into a single vehicle or anything on the road. Um, and so one of the people, uh, and I don't know if this is from a story or not, but they were talking about at the mathematical rate. Uh, Of acceleration from this flu If it kept going They could easily see how civilization could be wiped out Within just a few weeks
0: Oh my god
1: So The war ended in November of 1918 Towards the end Kind of of the second wave And thank god the second wave Kind of started to peter out a little bit But then there was a third wave so because again that's how the flu our seasonal flus work you know they get bad and then we have a little lull and then in the spring they like they come up again so the third wave was after the war ended and it's really sad because a lot of the soldiers who didn't get sick who were overseas came home and their family would be dead or their wives would be dead um so there was a lot of that happening um And so the third wave was not as destructive as the second wave. The second wave was really what did a lot of people in, Um, although there were people still getting sick. And I don't think it would have been talked about as much if it didn't have kind of this weird impact on history. And that was because in April 3rd, 1919, and um, the Versailles Peace Conference. Oh, Versailles, yeah. Versailles, thank you. Uh, Woodrow Wilson collapsed, mm-hmm. and he suddenly became weak and suffered severe confusion. He ran a fever, um, and it was widely commented on, and very possibly contributed to him abandoning abandoning. Banding. <laughs> ah, band-ing-ing. his principles, oh. which had, and some believe that later contributed to the start of World War II. Oh my God. Yeah. So of course they said, no, no, no. He didn't have the flu. He didn't have the Spanish flu. He just had a mini stroke, <laughs> but he had a fever. He had intense coughing and his aid, Fucking died of the flu. Oh. So it's, you know, it's very possibly that, you know, the last wave of the flu affected President of the United States. So here's a couple of facts after all that joy. (laughs) Um, yeah, more facts. So even though the death toll was historic, most people that were infected by the pandemic survived. Mm. Even though like it so affected like pretty much half the population mm-hmm. it, it's just crazy um in developed uh, countries it hit like about there was like an overall mor- mortality rate of about two percent in less developed world uh, there was a mortality rate like in Mexico there was anywhere from like 2.3 to four percent Russia and Iran saw seven percent. Mm. Fuji Islands saw 14% of the population die within 16 days. One third of the population of the Inuit people uh, in Newfoundland was wiped out. And I think there is a couple a story or two about a village in Alaska that was totally like destroyed. Like everybody died in that village. The whole village was wiped out and maybe some other place as well. Normally elderly people, um, You know, account for the overwhelming numbers of flu deaths, but like I said, the young adults were the highest killed in this epidemic pandemic. And um, let's see, I already went over like how many people died of the flu. And of course, public health experts agree, and we're kind of back to like talking about our current state with the flu. And you know, ever since this happened they're trying to work on like a universal vaccine because I know like our flu shot that we got this year does not address Mm -hmm. this weird flu that popped up all of a sudden that wasn't like the H1N1 or the flu A or B or whatever it is that we like normally have to deal with. It's like some variation of it because it adapts, it It evolves. And so, you know, again, everybody's like working for this universal vaccine that'll help, um, And strands of flu now, because now we have like the antivirals, are becoming resistant to Tamiflu. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Tamiflu is not as like a catch-all like it used to be. Um, And of course, less glamorous measures to help prevent the spread of flu is Mm hand-washing, maybe telecommuting, covering Mm -hmm. your cough, cough like a vampire. Yeah, say that to my children. Staying home when sick instead of going to work. Listen up, school systems. Absolutely. Um, If the pandemic is severe enough, you know, widespread school closing, possibly more extreme control. And I didn't follow up on this one of these articles that I came across, but it was St. Louis, Missouri. The mayor, like right when the uh, Spanish flu pandemic hadn't, I don't think it had left uh, the U.S. yet, They pretty much closed down St. Louis. He mm. like shut it down. They closed the schools, and um, they he kind of saved the city from suffering like the bullshit that Philadelphia went through. Mm. Um, and the most important lesson from the uh, nineteen eighteen epidemic pandemic uh, is to fucking tell
0: the truth. Yeah
1: let let us know what the severity of, and so. Uh, when we're talking about only like 218 people so far have died, but all of these other people are getting sick with the flu, I just have a feeling we're in the first wave, mm. and this is really scary to read. Like, oh, this is terrifying. coming. This coming is one up. of the
2: scary stories you've ever told because mm-hmm. it's so true, <laughs> right?
1: That you know, this may, this is our spring, and you know, maybe extra diligence, PSA, yes. so that this fall, you know question
0: everything. Mm. Yeah. Trust no one.
1: Trust no one.
2: All right. Holy shit. <laughs> Stay on bed rest like me and make all your friends wash their hands before they come in. Did y'all wash your hands before you came in this room? No. no.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. We appreciate you. Talk to you soon. And don't be a stranger. And wash ah! your hands.
2: Bye. And wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Oh my god, that's so scary.